0: Hello and welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. Now for this episode, it's a bit different because I'm flying solo because Gemma's a bit under the weather, but it's pretty good for me because I have been lucky enough to have two wonderful, beautiful women on who are authors as my guests. So really, I'm not failing, but you know, I do miss you, Gemma, and please get well soon. So we have on, well, we have a returning guest who I've been lucky enough to have on before, which is Kristen Stovall, but we're also this time joined by her co-author, Jennifer Sanders. So ladies, how are you doing today?
1: Very well, thanks. Pretty good. It's always fun to be back.
0: So what I'm going to say, Kristen, is can you give us a bit of a... Uh, a rehash of, of you and your work for the for the the tabpoles who are our, what we nickname our listeners.
1: Sure. I am a fantasy author. I have four solo books that I've written that are completely high fantasy. And then I also have a completed Victorian era fantasy slash romance series called The Fay Touch Chronicles with Jen.
0: And Jen, that, I mean, that's the perfect kind of handover for you. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself <laughs> and your work? But like you're doing some of my work for me already. So this is the sort of guest I love to have on.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So I have uh, the series that Kristen mentioned, um, the Fae Touch Chronicles, and then I have four other books uh, in the wind uh, with another uh, co-author because I, don't, I cannot write solo. I don't have... The executive function. I have a little bit of problem with ADHD.
0: So, so I'm going to throw out a question to both of you, and it's entirely up to uh, you know to to either of you who wants to answer first. But tell me a bit about your backgrounds for both uh, for well for both of you. In fact, backgrounds. Where did you grow up? What did you want to do when you were when you were younger?
1: Uh, well, I grew up in Kansas on a small farm. Uh, yes, there's no place like home. <laughs> And when I was really young, I wanted to be an actress. And then kind of as I got to my late teens, I started playing with writing. And then I met Jen, actually, when I was around 19. And that's when it really started taking off.
2: (laughs) True, true. Uh, I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania, where I still live. Um, I always wanted to be a writer. So I spent some time overseas. Um, And then I met Kristen online. And we hit it off (laughs) and there we were. (laughs) Yep.
0: Now, that intrigues me because you're saying you met online. So where and how did you meet online?
2: Well, uh, we met through a group that at the time was called the Julie Fianna Archive, was it? Yeah, it was Archive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a Lord of the Rings group based around a fan fiction that Mm -hmm. the authors Julie and Fianna had written and they had It had such a following that they created a group for it. Um, And we both happened to join. And then there was writing within the group that took on a life of its own. Oh, the shenanigans. Oh, so (laughs) many shenanigans. And then, uh, you know, sometimes you just hit it off with certain people. Chris and I started chatting and then we started, you know, chatting outside of the group. And then we started visiting back and forth and then we started going to disney together and then we started. Writing.
1: <laughs> it's been sort of a 22 year conversation mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: so what what i want to do is i want to back it up so you don't get away when you say the word shenanigans on this podcast you don't <laughs> get away we're just like i'm gonna let you feel that you, you, you can't oh, just part <laughs> that. I, I, i've got to know we you know we need to have answers what shenanigans did you get up to
1: I mean, it was mostly shenanigans that we were writing, and then when we would visit each other, there was just uh, absurd
2: amounts of ridiculousness. <laughs> we, we, don't, uh, we don't hold each other back particularly.
1: no. 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 Oh, and then no. we went to uh, Chanticleer Gardens and took some pictures there. I think that's actually my profile picture.
0: It would be even more interesting add gemron, because then I would have three fiery redheads that I'd be dealing with. <laughs> And if you ever listen, I do kind of poke fun at the redhead scariness and the, soul, the soul-freeness, <laughs> but it is only a joke.
1: No, it's true. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Blondes may have more fun, but redheads have the most. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm saying absolutely nothing. So if we park work as in work as in the author work, what kind of jobs have you had and before you got into the writing?
1: Um, well, I worked in early childhood education for a while. Um, and it was fine. It just wasn't for me. And then I actually worked in home health and I took care of a disabled child for a time. And then after that, I kind of, my client passed away and I sort of needed a break. So I took a job where I I was cleaning an office at night because I just, I needed to be able to have a job where I didn't, I wasn't emotionally invested because it was really difficult to lose that client.
2: I mean, it would be absolutely. It's like you take care of them like they're your own. Um, I guess uh, I mostly work in computers uh, and have done so for a long time. Um, um, currently, I work as a web content developer, a developer, but I work from home because uh, I, I have two kids and my younger child, who is not that young, um, <laughs> she's going to be 28 this year, but she is physically disabled mm-hmm. uh, and requires care. So I work from home. And yet home.
1: still a ball of awesome. She's still a ball of awesome. She's
2: pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, they both are. They're both pretty they cool. Are. They yeah. are. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, yeah, I work from home and, and and have done for, I don't know, she became disabled at what, 15? So it's been a long
1: yeah, time. Yeah, it was sort of a, it was like a gradual, mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah. like it gradually intensified.
0: So. So, obviously, you have the the challenges of, of you know, you have childcare and you also have the challenges of a, 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 a job, a normal kind of job. How do you balance that with being an author?
2: That is a bold statement. <laughs> uh, you're assuming that that gets balanced. Didn't?
0: I was going to say, clearly, you're doing it very well.
2: I don't so, sleep.
0: Sleep's I don't a myth.
2: Sleep. The sleeps for the th- week. Look, look
0: at this. You think I sleep? <laughs> this is this is coffee. This is the really strong coffee as well.
1: Jet fuel, it's the high test
0: stuff. <laughs> Paint stripper. I... <laughs> I obviously know how you found each other. I know about the writing that you do. Jenna, if I go this right, that you write a book that's called My Hot Doctor.
1: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> no.
0: That is new. So the web. You? The website's lied me. to me. The web. I didn't think it would be when you said that, but the website <laughs> mm-hmm. has linked your name to it, and I was really well, that's intrigued. nice. That's
2: that's good. That's good. There well, is another is Jennifer Sanders
0: out there. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was gonna say that's actually not my name. My name. My last name is Deloria, mm-hmm. but nobody can spell or pronounce it. So I went with my uh, middle name. It took me a few you- years to out how to spell and pronounce it <laughs> i was yeah. thinking it
0: was your pen name so yeah
2: it absolutely is but there is another jennifer sanders out there and presumably she is the author of my hot doctor check she, it out today she, i don't yeah. like
1: although <laughs> we do have a hot doctor in one of our books so there we is do
2: so it all kind of it
0: all kind of interlinks in it all, a bit it's and it's all a
2: just a big circle of life
0: <laughs> one big <giant laughs> hot melting doctors. pot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> for both of you, when it comes to writing, what would you say is, well, A, I'm really intrigued on how you do your research, because obviously the writing process for anybody is going to be difficult. It's not going to be a simple, easy thing you can do. So, what, where does the whole genesis come from? And I know you've got a multitude of different books, but if we, were, you know, with different subjects, but if we took it to a flat point and just said, how do you can like, where does it all initially start with? What's the, the spark
1: for the, for a book or for research? Both for the Go books for you and I, it tends to be, we're like chatting and then one of us gets an idea and we're like, mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, I just thought of this thing. And it
2: would be so awesome. <laughs> and then like we did snowballed. that last night. Like, Hey, what if I we, know. yeah. Absolutely snowballed. <laughs> well, the, the Fae Touch Chronicles got its start. Um, Years ago. Uh, Kristen's birthday years ago, she <laughs> said, you know what I really want for my birthday? Write me a story. So I said, write I, a story
0: with me. Yes. I was going to say, she wasn't asking for too much then. We like this demand if I wanted a story oh, or something to be written with
2: me. She wasn't asking for me to just write <laughs> it for her, but it was, you know, I want to, I want to write a story together. So I, uh, I was just like, all right. So I threw some things at the wall and started a story with what stuck. And, uh, and that was what happened. And it I believe- went on and on and, <laughs> on and on and on and on. I believe the prerequisite for me
1: was there should be some some handsome British guys and some handsome Scottish guys, maybe throw in an Irish guy. And that was like the prerequisite right there. Let me just lay uh-huh. that out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll recircle that. Too, and the research behind this is what? <laughs>
2: Uh, a lot of watching period dramas on the BBC.
0: So it's like, de- <laughs> so can I both say that I pray got you pegged right? That you pray love little like Downton Abbey.
2: I have never seen Downton Abbey. I've I've you- seen
1: some of it. It kind of lost me after a few seasons. It, I mean, it was good. The production value was good. The acting was amazing. The writing was amazing. I just got to a point where they, they killed off a character and I was really mad. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs>
2: Um so yeah I no I <laughs> I should have I should watch Downton Abbey. I keep meaning to watch Downton Abbey, but it just has never kind of crossed my screen. Um talk to me about Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries though.
0: Okay, <laughs> tell me, tell me more cuz I don't know oh, Miss Fisher's. I have watched that are.
2: until my eyes bled. It is such a good series. it's not Kristen's Bag cuz she doesn't dig murder mysteries, but um, ironically cuz <laughs> we're some <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe a little um yeah but no i i mean i really enjoy uh you know and i'm a big fan of jane austen um big big fan of georgia hayer uh so but when you said the research i started to laugh because the way the research often works is we'll be writing along and one of us will realize that we're about to say something that may be anachronistic so like stop We'll <laughs> go over to google and be like when did the i don't know it I might forget been, what it was I was looking at.
1: I, I do actually tend to do a fair bit of research. And when we decided that uh, the character, our doctor, when we decided our Victorian doctor, who I was writing, was in fact a Victorian doctor, I went deep. I was like, OK, what would he have known about? Where would he have gone to school? What would this be? And I just like and I have a brother in law who's a doctor. and We were talking. and He was like saying stuff. I was like, yeah, I know. I know <laughs> it's like how I wrote a doctor in a book.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's slightly different to practicing medicine. I think I prefer to put myself in the hands of someone who's practiced rather than someone who just read a book. Like, well, I kind of like look. <laughs> what do we do in a bit? We can probably whip the gallbladder out. You'll be all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, just yank it right out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I did uh, similarly for one of our characters who's a who's a lord. I did a fair amount of research about what that what that would look like and how he would inherit and what it would mean. So, you know, I mean, we do it do will. the research ahead of time, but there's a lot of spontaneous <laughs> research that goes on. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And like what mid has, sentence. Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. what's, what has been, cause obviously you, you have, you're not just writing a novel, you have a continuation series. So, but I was wondering, certainly we said about doing the research, what has been the most challenging thing you've had to research what has been the absolute one that you've thought, dear God, should I stop now? This is a real buggeration to do.
1: I think I um, covered it. It was the medical stuff. That yeah, was...
2: I think I think we're facing it because we're coming up on a, I mean, spoilers, but we're coming up on a war. <laughs> Going to have to do it's some so research for that. so hard to
1: write. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All the moving
0: pieces. <laughs>
2: yeah. All the moving bits and
0: what what weapons would they have had and them. So and I've always wanted to ask this of any kind of author. certainly when they've got a successful run of of, uh, of novels, how do you keep it going? I mean, one is going to me as a as a you know the layperson who's not written anything. One is going to be tricky enough. But to keep going and going and creating this this long run of things, how do you keep it fresh? How did the uh, how do you how do you not become stale?
1: I mean, I think that depends a little bit on the book and just what's going on in life. For my part, I cannot stop my imagination from going. My parents once went, went to a parent teacher conference, and they told me that the, the teacher was like. She's a really good kid. She's, you know, she's very smart and she's very quiet, but she's constantly daydreaming. So for me, my imagination just runs wild. I can't ever stop it. Jen generally has to kind of
2: rein me in. (laughs) Uh, And vice versa. I mean, I really think that the first book is the hardest. I agree. It's hard not to keep going. It's hard to sort of be like, okay, it's time to stop because... You know, the first book, you're establishing so much stuff, and you have to do it in a way that is interesting and not info-dumpy, and uh, it keeps your reader engaged, but also sort of says, here's the world we're setting up, here are the characters we're setting up. And once you've done that, um the subsequent books kind of roll right along, and and now that we've established the Touch Chronicles, I mean, we're talking about... Uh, after we finish Sherwood Rising, we're looking at maybe returning, circling back to Fay Touch Chronicles. Um, and we have no problem coming up with stuff that happens to these folks because we know them so well and we know the world so well.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. I really fall in love with my characters and they become, they become friends and I'll miss them and I'll, I'll want to know what's going on with them. So it, there's also that level of, I miss this character. What happened to them? I want to I want to go back and visit them again. I, I get very attached to my characters.
0: That's a wonderful thing, too, for from both of you that you do become, a, you know, that it becomes a you know a thing that you can keep writing about. It becomes something that you are focused on. I'm going to ask you both this question then, and whoever wants to go first can answer it. Do you ever find yourself asking yourself what the, you're dealing with the situation in real life? What would my character do to deal with that? How would they approach it?
2: All the time. Yeah.
1: How do you think I deal with real life? (laughs) If I'm struggling with something, I will actually a lot of times put a character through something similar because it creates a safe space for me to Mm -hmm. um, work through it. And I mean, it was an absolute lifesaver after my husband died. It was this, and that was so public. I mean, you remember, Jen, that was very public locally. And it was like the worst thing in my life in a fishbowl. And um, writing my first trilogy gave me an a, it gave me a place to say, "This is how much it hurt, this is what I'm going through, this is what I hope for." but with the distance and safety of it being a fictional world, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't my husband. And as I got further in the story, they became even less me and less him. But certainly things were inspired by. but it, it's just a, it's a safe space to work through difficult stuff.
2: And you were able to control the outcome, which I think was important.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a very shaky time. (laughs) Yeah,
2: sure was.
0: Imagine you could have created anything, any piece of writing, any piece of writing at all in history. What would it have been and why? You know, you could swap places. You could be the author of, of anything. She could write, you know, Great Expectations, something of that sort. Who, who would you want to swap places with, and what would your spin on it have been?
2: Well, I can tell you somebody contemporary I would swap places with. I don't think there's anybody in history that I would necessarily swap places with. Yeah. Um, and actually, more than swap places with I just like to collaborate with uh, Abria Iyengar or uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan, who are both incredibly talented storytellers, um, incredibly smart, uh, creative creators. and i uh, I would, yeah, I would love to to either be inside their brain and watch it work or um, <laughs> you know work work with them. Sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would swap places with anybody else or want to create what they created because the stories that we create are so just intimately important to us, at least to me. Um, I wouldn't want to swap places, but I would love to collaborate with either Juliet Marlier or um, Tolkien because I'm a complete fanatic for his stuff. So (laughs) one of those.
0: It,
2: yeah, we're I both mean, big nerds.
0: Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not a rider, but you must find yourself in some position sometimes looking at things and thinking, you know, how the hell has this person pulled this up? You know, how have they pulled this sort of stuff together?
2: Yes, I I do think that on occasions, but with the the two people that I mentioned and the other a couple of other similar creators, it just sort of go That is a you know, wow, you've been playing the long game and. All of a sudden, you know, it comes out of nowhere. But a lot of times, too, I will go back and read that something that Kristen and I wrote and I'll be like, hey, we pulled
1: that
0: off.
1: I do that, too. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we put those things in there. And I don't even think we We were so clever and we didn't even know (laughs) when we're unnecessarily when we don't know we're clever.
0: Yeah. That's good to hear, because I fear that if I'd written things, I was going over them, I'd probably start spending all my time nitpicking and going, I don't really know why I did that. I did that. That could have been better. Maybe they should have changed it that way. Does oh, that, that happen to you too. ever? That does oh, yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, oh, I'm not yeah. alone on that idea that that would happen.
1: Nobody creative sees those
0: versions, though.
1: though. Right. And creative people, I think, are their own worst critics, like, you know. Creative people get in their heads and tear themselves out. We were actually just having a conversation last night after you messaged me because I was like, oh, thank God. We finally know I always get in my own head about this and I'm just sure they're going to hate it.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. About the award. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was very relieved as well. And I don't know why (laughs) I I was not confident, but I was not confident. (laughs) It's every single one. Every single time. Come on. Uh, we won story. our third our third gold uh, medal from the International Review of Books for Lady of the Lock. The first two were for uh, Sears Choice and Healers Touch, respectively. And we're submitting um, Agent of Change to see if we can make it a clean sweep.
0: Well, I will keep my fingers sweep. crossed. Well done. <laughs> Very Thank well you. done.
2: Yeah, <laughs> me too.
0: What can you tell me about the wolf's head?
2: All right.
1: So what do what you
0: what do what are you allowed to tell me? Sorry, is that probably the
1: <laughs>
0: is the the correct thing?
1: Jen, I'm going to well, let so- you go because
2: it started with you. It's uh, uh oh really uh yeah I guess it did Head. um yeah. so the, the Wolf's Head was born from actually um we have a really really outstanding cover artist um and she created a cover that just didn't just speak it shouted at at both of us i think
1: you saw it first though you saw it like a good year before me i think
2: yeah and um it was so clearly a a robin hood derivative
1: yeah it it was very robin hood-esque but uh, it it was a young woman with a bow. And in a cloak. And so then Jen came up with the idea with a, a for a second generation story. And I think didn't it start out uh, like she was gonna be the daughter of Will Scarlet or something? Yeah, it was and totally different. Totally yeah. different than what it is now. Yeah. So now it's Robin Hood's daughter. And uh we so we're of course trying to honor the the feel of Robin Hood in the stories and what appeals to people out of those but then we're also adding our own little twists and throwing in a little bit of magic because that's what we do. You, you can talk now, Jen.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so we talked about, you know, wouldn't what well, we, we basically sort of ran it back and forth and like, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? And we managed to come up with an idea for a book and then we thought, okay, but what if we do this? we're going to, that's going to be too long. We're going to need to break that out. And then, you know, and then some other protagonists made themselves known and um, the antagonist made herself known. And we suddenly had a trilogy <laughs> looking at us. So, um, yeah, and it's this called, was- the, called Sherwood yeah. Rising, set in the latter part of King John's reign. So it's After the uh, well, after the events of that that finish the Robin Hood legend, where Richard comes back and and everybody there's you know, everybody dances around the maypole. Um, Patrick Stewart intones something, (laughs) Richard. Um, (laughs) So it's well after that, uh, Robin is gone. Um, the landscape
1: has changed for the merry men, the ones that are still mm-hmm. around, because Prince John or well, now he's King John, he was known to be very petty and not great, so vengeful vengeful, yeah, so mm-hmm. once he came into power, things got rough.
2: He had some scores to settle
0: So from what you said, Jim, I'm taking it you're a Patrick Stewart fan.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, who isn't stupid people? Right. Um uh. <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart. Absolutely I do.
0: Well, I can let you know something that might be a little interesting to you. He used to actually live sort of close-ish to where I'm here. He had a holiday home. Um unfortunately I never got to meet him. I only found that out once he'd moved. But his house went <laughs> up for sale that was listed as Patrick Stewart's holiday home.
2: <laughs> ah, so close. <laughs> Yet so far. (laughs) Yes.
0: And only though people I know who I'd worked with had actually seen around the town I live in, which was an annoyance to find out far too late. But hey, one of those things. What are you going to do? I
2: have a friend whose father knows Tony or knew Tony Robinson. Mm -hmm. Tony Robinson is still around. The father isn't. Um, And that makes me jealous, too. I mean, I love him, too. So a lot of there's a lot of English actors that I really, really enjoy. But not as much as I enjoy
1: Ben Barnes.
2: <laughs> no one enjoys anything as much as you enjoy Ben Barnes.
1: <laughs> one of these days, he's going to stumble on one of my interviews, and I'm going to be mortified.
0: <laughs> my knowledge of Ben Barnes is that was very good in Dorian Gray, which was a—I I, love that film. I don't think it was exactly—I don't think it lit the box office on fire, but I really enjoyed that as a, as a, uh, as a film, and it's obviously a very good. Piece of writing as well, but we've digressed onto other writings. So you've obviously mentioned, you know, you mentioned Patrick Stewart, we're wrong with that, we're wrong with Ben Barnes. But if you could take anything of the work you've done, anything you want, and turn it into a film, what would it be and who would be in it and why?
1: Oh, as if we haven't already cast all the books.
0: <laughs> I kind of thought that might be the answer. Yeah, I couldn't see that as being something that wouldn't have happened.
2: <laughs> Absolutely true. Um, as far as which I would like to see, well, okay. So there's two answers to that question. If, if someone actually came to me for real and said, do you want to turn one of your books into a, a movie? I would say, yes, please do Sears Choice because it's the first one. And it establishes all the stuff. And hopefully people will like it enough to want to see the rest of the books. If somebody came to me and said, you can only make one. And you have to choose which one you want to see. It would probably be healer's touch. So,
1: and we do know that Luke Pasqualino would be Russ McInerney.
2: Absolutely.
1: Richard Madden would be Asher Burton.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Spanish actor would be Quinn Rutherford. But I'm really not a hundred percent sure how you s- pronounce his name. It's Y O N. So I'm not sure if it's Jan or John. Uh, but his last name is Gonzalez, so he would be. He would be one of our boys. I don't. I don't know who would be Jordy.
2: Well, initially I mean, it was um Sam Hewen. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's why I started watching Outlander, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah,
2: uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Jamie yeah. The truth Jason. is that all of these guys are too old to play the characters that we just named. So <laughs> I don't know. Luke is Who'd young enough. It? Luke could pull it off. Yeah it is
1: 30 well no i guess he's getting out there now yeah ross is he's like 28 <laughs> we're like now casting and and
0: i i just <laughs> want to say that i'm really impressed that night that you know i could have hit you with these questions you had gone. yeah we've never really thought about that we've not really got an answer to it but you you two have clearly sat and properly planned this kind of thing out
2: well here's well, the thing. thing though the thing that the- writing cooperatively, you you have to, you have to plan out, you have to cast whether it's an actor or whether it's just a photo that you found on the internet or whether, you know, regardless of what it is, you have to have references for uh, your people, for your places, um, for your, sometimes for your weapons, sometimes for armor, sometimes for clothing, because we're trying to describe the same thing. And we don't, although we tease about Sharing a brain cell, we don't actually share a brain cell. So, you know, if I if if I am like, here's you know, here's this character, and she knows to describe him as a you know, blonde haired, blue eyed, blanky, like right. whatever it is, right? Um,
1: it just makes so, sure that we have the same visual in our heads.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, it's that's fun. It's really, it's really, <laughs> it is fun. Um, but it's yeah. really important. Yeah, in order to sort of make the writing cohesive, because. The biggest challenge, honestly, and I was thinking about this because we talked about it and we didn't set on this. But the biggest challenge is really making it feel like when you're reading it that only one person wrote it.
1: Right. And I've been told by people who've read the Fae Touch Chronicles that we pulled that off. So, I mean, it does help that you were actually a part of my growth as a writer, because (laughs) when we first met, I was only 19 and really just starting out. So you did influence I was a baby, yeah, a little <laughs> baby. but, you know, it, it did impact how like the direction I went. So,
2: yeah, what I think is funny is when a friend of mine would be like, oh, I, I know you wrote this bit and I'll be like, oh, no,
0: <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. I've
1: two people who, yeah. who thought that I wrote it and I was like, nope, that was Jen. <laughs>
2: yep. And that's when you know you've succeeded.
1: There are now times where I will read something and I'll be like, did she write that? Oh, yeah, I do that too. Did she write that? And I'm not, and I can't figure it out.
2: Yeah. I have to look at whose point of view we're in. Love it.
0: (laughs) So this is very good. This is good to see that you guys are in such a great sync that you can almost, you know, your your writing can be mistaken for each other. So I'm going to ask the killer one. How do you get over disagreements? If one of you wants to go one way, they other wants to go the other, and please don't give me the sacred answer. For well, we don't, we never disagree.
2: Oh no,
1: we, <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> Generally, what we do is we'll just talk about it, and we'll like be like, okay, this doesn't work for you, and this doesn't work for me. So where do we find that in between?
2: Let's find something. So we both have veto power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if something just is this is not going to work for me, uh, this is outside of I am not willing to do this. Um, I think it's a it's a willingness to sort of choose the hill that you're going to die on. Um, And we actually even use that language like, yeah, I'm not going to die on this one. So if you really want to do it, we'll do it. Um, You know, or uh, no, this is absolutely really non-negotiable for me. I absolutely need this. We haven't yet hit an issue, and I don't think we will, where both of us are like polar opposites and we're both like, no, it has to be like this. Um, no, I was just gonna say, it's just a matter of being able to prioritize, like, this is important to me, this is important to Kristen. Um, you know, uh, and knowing what works in the context of creating a story. And so, you, you know, you have to, um, You have to be able to say, like, I really want to do this thing. I think it would look really cool. and It would be really cool. It makes no sense. (laughs) And if we can't make it make sense, then we're just like, well, I guess we're not doing it.
1: I will say one of the things I enjoy the most when we we do disagree on something is when we have that back and forth in that conversation and then we end up coming up with something even better, just Mm -hmm. using like little snippets of each. To me, that is one of the most gratifying moments because that's when the creative energy is just going back and forth and we're like stacking it up on top of each other. And I I love that. I have so much fun with that.
2: Yeah, I agree. And one of my favorite things is when we're like, we're both stumped on something, and then one of us will text the other the ca- the all-caps, oh, wait. <laughs> I have <laughs> like an <we> idea. Just, <laughs> I just thought of something.
0: Yeah. And do you have the thing that you hear, You sometimes hear musicians saying this, that it'll be the middle of the night, something to wake them up, and they've got to write it down?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, although for me, it's in the bathtub. Yeah.
0: What? Um, Is it always the bathtub? Is that an, an area of perfect creative... Uh,
2: My theory is that it goes back to the womb.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, is it it a womb thing?
2: I actually think that the reason that the bathtub is a good creative place for me is it's the one spot where nobody will ask me to do anything or, you know, nobody really will ask me. I laugh, but that is so sadly true. Uh, it's the only place where I can go where I know no one will walk in except one of the cats, maybe. But
1: um, And then but, you message you know. me while you're in the tub. You're like, I had an idea.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you you both. Yeah, that's definitely better. Than, I think I will probably just fall asleep. I'll probably just nod um, off, so I don't think I have creativity. Yeah,
2: I don't I don't sleep, so that's... that's well, not mine a, not would a,
1: be... I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely a nighttime creator. That's why I don't sleep. I'll be in bed, I'll be exhausted, and all of a sudden a character will be like, hey, hey, are you asleep? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I have an idea. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that definitely happened to me. I don't... If it's a good idea I know I'm going to run with, I don't have to write it down. It's just, it stays in the idea vault. I'm I'm the idea. Or I'm the memory. Yeah. So
2: I mentioned briefly that I struggle with ADHD. Uh, and the truth is that I remember nothing. I have the memory of a goldfish. And uh, if it's beyond 10 minutes, I don't know. So I... I have to run everything past Kristen and then I also need to write it down for my own reference because I'll just be writing and then she'll be like, wait, weren't we going to do this? I'll be like, shit, I'm going to go back and do it differently. So, Sometimes
1: yeah. there are times where I'll think, "Wait, weren't we going to do this?" Oh, wait. No, this is good. This is good. I'm not going to say anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just let you go. Lot, there's a lot of <laughs> redirecting that goes on. So, yeah.
0: don't feel too bad, Jen, because if you've got no short-term memory, you keep forgetting things, you'd be perfect as a third co-host on this show because <laughs> Well, Gemma and I—we both, you know, we both had long COVID. Our, our memories are shot to hell. So, for a lot of time, we have to keep writing stuff down, or we have no memory of ever saying it or wanting to do it. Well,
2: if you ever need a backup co-host, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I remember perfectly. nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But will you remember to be there and do the the co-hosting?
2: Probably not, but it sounds like that's doing the job.
0: (laughs) To to be fair, that adds to the experience. 99% of the time, I don't think Gemma or I, well, I can only speak on my behalf, don't know what we're doing most of the time. So we just wing it and see what stick to the wall. That's my life. (laughs) Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. We found a great fit. You obviously, have, you've guided me both pretty well through the, the kind of writing process and the, how you come up with your ideas. If have you haven't had anything where you've just, you've been really wanting to do it you thought, nah, it ain't going to work. Gone. Mm, I don't know,
1: know if I've had like a whole idea that isn't going to work. It's got to go. No, uh, we did. He's... We
2: did. The squirrel we guy.
1: Sh- oh, yeah, we ditched yeah. him.
0: <laughs> Hang we on. Got, we squirrel a Squirrel guy. Out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. Go on. Well, I've got to know. So the thing is, if we go into too much detail, it would be some huge spoilers for the fourth book in the Fey Touch Chronicles. Okay. But there was a mythological creature that was going to be sort of half. It was going to be like a fawn, but instead of a, a goat, it was like going to be part squirrel because we wanted to mix it up. And we wrote a good portion of like almost the entire book, and then we're like, this character is not playing the way they need to play oh so it's like having
2: jar jar binks it was just yeah geez, it just quiet wasn't quiet and go
1: away <laughs> yeah so we, so we swapped it out for something else and that ended up being a fantastic choice it was
2: the key that to the whole book worked. right there yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: can i ask one thing i know that i don't want any spoilers i don't want to ruin it but would it be squirrel size or human squirrel size
1: like was fun human size and... like yeah, short, was sort of
2: human i don't know small child like, size yeah,
1: yeah. Hobbit size.
0: I'm not sure what, what I'm not sure which is more terrifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well that was a squirrel that.
0: size or large squirrel size. You know, size. on paper <laughs>
2: it seemed okay. And then the more we worked with it, the more working. we were like, This is not working. This is bad. We need to not do this. That
1: being said, we do still mention the character. So we didn't yeah, actually get to shut up. eradicate the character. But nope. it's the, the characters just mentioned by name. And it's sort of our own little personal joke to each other. <laughs> you know? but,
0: but just imagine if you'd run with it, how amazing the book cover could have been. I mean, you have these. Oh, yes. And no.
2: these- <laughs> the, no. That would have put people off from like across the bookstore. I think like, that oh, would have made
1: Sabrina quit.
2: <laughs> <sighs> she would have been so mad at
0: us.
1: Yeah. That's we our, were that's already our, a big uh, enough the artist. artist. Yeah, because yeah. you. I mean, <laughs> I think
0: a squirrel. To be fair, now that you've told me that, I think a squirrel cover could have been very interesting. But you mentioned <laughs> Sabrina because you have these absolutely. I mean, I've seen the covers. You have this wonderful, luxurious uh, cover art. Where yeah. does this all come from? Because if I remember, Kristen, some of the stuff is your own, is your stuff as well, isn't it? You have kind of, you've got. Yeah, right. The for, poster so- behind her, actually.
2: I. This
1: was my sister. Um I I did the Twisted Path that cover I did except for the back my sister did that and then the other the trilogy uh Soulbound Soulfire and Boundless actually my sister did. So because she had uh she has a degree in marketing but before she switched over to that she had she was working on graphic design so she made those covers for me. And the irony here <laughs> is that um on the second book <laughs> one of the character's hair is actually my hair. It was when it was short. So, one of the male characters on the second book, actually, the hair on that character is mine.
0: <laughs> different. I like it. I, I mean, that is very different. Yes, you do. <laughs> Generally, don't hear that kind of thing happening. But
2: <laughs> here's Wolf's head is behind you, Kristen. Up, oh, in the, yeah. up in
1: the yeah, right there. there. I did send that along though, so they'll have it if they want to include it. But, but yeah, yeah well,
2: Sabrina. Sabrina is uh, an amazing. She's just an amazing cover artist. Um, she's very patient with us. <laughs> very patient. But also incredibly, just incredibly creative in how she approaches sort of when we're like, well, we want it to look like this, but also this completely polar opposite thing. And she'll be like, how about if I? And then she'll produce something. We'll be like, yes, that's what we meant.
1: And she's fun so. to work with. She's fun she to start with. So yeah. big shout out to Enchanted Ink and Sabrina. Yep. Mm hmm. She deserves it.
0: I'd agree. They are incredibly good covers that you've got there. So, and I, is there a lot of back and forth when you have to make that decision on what it's going to be for the cover? Because, or does it rest with her? Well, yeah. I was going to say, does it potentially rest with her that you just say, I want this idea, run with it? That's kind of where it starts. That's kind
2: of where it starts. So, um,
1: We go back and forth a lot before we even approach her, though, so that we know we're on the same page. Yeah, we we talk about it first.
2: And then once we kind of have an idea of what we want, we go to her and kind of say, this is is the concept we're looking at. This is what we want the wrap to look like. Um, This is what we would want on the back. This is, you know. uh, How we want the titles. How we want the titles to look. And um, a lot of times we will go through oh, gosh, deposit photos or, you know, any number of sites and just, you know, pick out people that kind of look like sort of what we we're thinking about. But she right. is real good at finding. Boy, you know, uh, on the cover of um, Lady of the Lock, mm-hmm. there's, uh, and I don't know if you have reference to that, James, but uh, on the cover of Lady of the Lock, there's a the Charlie, the young woman is... Um, that dress and that body was initially a seven-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah, and Sabrina <laughs> made okay. it look completely different. Uh, she turned yeah. it, and so and she and and uh, we were just. She's like, "Here's the photo I used, and here's what I did with it." And we're like, "Wait, what? I, yeah. Wait, did that, I? No, that's okay. That yeah. was the hard."
1: cover though that was the one that we went through the most iterations of because it just it was really hard to get the elements to work the way that they needed to work mm-hmm. for some I don't know why that one was so difficult but it was
2: I so- mean we wanted we wanted the Loch Ness Monster we wanted the we wanted the lock itself we needed mm-hmm. yeah I mean there were a lot of elements that we were sort of trying to put in place right. I don't know why that one was so hard but it was you're right
1: well and I think Part of it too is we started thinking we wanted one particular color scheme and that just wasn't working. And then Mm-mm. that's when we switched to the 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 pinks and the purples and all of that, mm-hmm. and giving it that lighter look. But of course, yeah. it's Asher and Charlie who are the pain in the butts.
0: <laughs> so is that the is that probably for both? I mean, that seems to be one that you've really both been impressed by. Is that pretty your favorite cover bit of cover art?
1: Um. My favorite cover out of the four books we've written together, I think would be Healer's Touch. Um, Just because I am very attached to the character I wrote in that book. So (laughs) that one's my, I am very attached. Ross never shuts up. He never shuts up, especially if there's cake. (laughs) Um, So that one's probably my favorite. I love the colors. I love the mood of that one.
2: Yeah,
1: And it's probably my favorite in
2: the series. I, you know, I love all four covers. There are things I would change about the first cover. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Having gone through and done the other three and had the other three designed the way that they are. There's um, if you look at all four of them together, there's one very stunning difference between the first one and the rest. And I would change that, but. um, But it's still, works. you know, I think. It yeah, it's still where it I like them all. I I, I like all of the I? covers. I, mm-hmm. I think my. Favorite, mm, yeah, it probably is Lady of the Lock. Actually, we really, we really bled for that one. So I did. I mean, I like you said. I love them
1: all too. I mean, there are elements of each of them. Yeah. I also really Agent of Change. I like. I well, I have a thing for that outfit. I've got the girl, the, the ladies in. I'm mm. like that's the coolest outfit I want to wear. That.
2: For a steampunk. <laughs>
1: I know. I like it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like my favorite color. So
2: yes.
0: So I'm going to ask the the kind of like the question that Gemma and Naomi would always ask, and this whoever wants to go first can ask. If you could have any superpower, I know it's a strange one to throw it, but if you could have any superpower at all, what would it be and why? Oh, um,
2: stumped you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine's easy. Uh, the power to go
0: heal. go first, then cool,
2: I, first, I would cool.
1: heal. Uh. It depends on my mood of the day. <laughs> 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 I think it would be cool to um, be able to like pass through things. Like if I'm just going with like a basic superpower thing, I think that that would be cool. Um, just I magic really feel- in general would be awesome,
2: Kristen. I would like you to to uh, put in for teleportation, please. I need you to just sort of be here more often, so it would be <laughs> okay. Be helpful. Yeah, to I me. like
1: I like teleportation. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my
2: answer because I like that. <laughs> there are it things would be I would do with
1: teleportation.
2: Yeah, I mean, going anywhere you want in the drop of a hat—that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, I think addressing I would either, any frustrations
2: yeah. about being stuck here.
0: I think I would go with either probably wishes to keep making wishes if that's deemed a superpower or time travel. And I was discussing this with Gemma once, but I think I probably went a bit too in-depth because we we're discussing <laughs> time travel. So I said, Well, if I could use time travel, I could go back and potentially say buy stock to invest in something, make a lot of money and go <laughs> forward, use that money for myself, but also use that money to help other people. But then you have to ask yourself the following question. In the idea of time travel, would you have if you bought stock in say Apple at a really early on? Uh-huh. Would you then change the parameters for Apple to become what it became? So everything could, you would create a paradox situation where everything could complete utterly. Butterfly change. effect. Yep, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah, you might mess it all up for everybody.
0: It's that's thing with think, time
1: travel—it's
2: tricky. That's where I
0: think. Yeah, that's where I think Gemma asked herself in terms of the question: Why the hell did I ask him that? <laughs> <laughs> of just give. I could have had a nice simple answer, but no, he had to overthink it. You've created all these books, these wonderful novels. You have a fan base. What is your interaction with your fan base like?
2: (laughs) I got asked for my autograph one time. That was pretty cool. Somebody came up with a book and said, can you sign it? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Sure, my handwriting is awful, but all right. Um, I think the coolest
1: moment I had uh, with a fan base was at an event just this past summer where somebody came up and they were like you're my favorite author and then they spent a lot of money on buying like every single book of mine that they didn't have that was really cool
2: <laughs> i mean that is pretty cool
1: yeah so it's a lot of fun and it's always fun when you get asked for an autograph because you're just like me is there someone behind me <laughs> that's mm-hmm, the yeah. first thing i do is like who is there someone famous
2: <laughs> exactly yeah i definitely felt that way um you yeah, know our fans are lovely people yeah. lovely that's people that's so dumb uh our fans are great we wouldn't be <laughs> where we are without them no mm-hmm.
1: we wouldn't because you know if people don't want to read it, it doesn't go anywhere yeah
0: that's so. true you're not lying to me, are you, Jen? When you were saying that they're lovely, I could. There wasn't a moment you've not had any weird interaction. No, I just. The, it just sounds of so hesitation dumb. Where I wondered. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I I'm absolutely not lying. Our fans are lovely people. Every single one of them. It just sounds so. The phrase "our fans" is a little. Yeah, bit, it's that's there's like bit, this
1: weird reality thing where you're kind of going. Does this sound no? Mm, oh, this is weird to say. <laughs> yeah, know, it's very. Yeah, that's
2: a phrase that is not it, in my vocabulary currently. It's
1: not something that you get used to immediately. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Like, and like when I saw that you were going to ask this question, I was like, oh God, I'm always so embarrassed to talk about that. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah.
0: What it, it it illustrates you doing something right? And you you produce a People really showing an interest.
2: The Fate Touch Chronicles has a really broad yeah. base. It does. Yeah. It does. I've been surprised.
1: I've been surprised by how many men have liked it.
2: That's that kind what of, I was kind of yeah. getting at. Yeah.
1: I did not expect that, but the what can I say? Our guys are irresistible, even as friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> or
2: role models. Role models. Yeah.
0: But not all, not all men are cavemen. We are in touch with our emotions. You know?
2: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I yeah. can think of at least two that are not. Yeah, I can
1: think of a couple. Yeah.
0: I think I'm just, I can't go what's happening with me. I think I must be getting soft in my old age because I cry at everything. <laughs> This never used to happen, <laughs> but I now just cry at everything.
1: <laughs> Quick, let's no, throw a book just... at him and see if it makes him cry.
0: <laughs> oh well, that w- an actual book would make me cry see if it hits me in the face.
2: Yeah, I was going to say if you're going to throw it at him, I'm pretty sure you can make him cry. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll hand it to him nicely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> However, I will say that the this last award that we received for Lady of the Lock apparently we made the reviewer cry. So no, which it was we were like oh.
0: That's really yeah,
2: crazy. and that that ruined falling asleep last night. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they sent me the email at like, what was it like twelve thirty? It was twelve thirty
1: my time, I think. So it would have oh been. Oh God! So it was like
2: one thirty my time. So, so the thing is, I have a brother who lives in Korea, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the time difference is just astounding. So I mostly talk to him late, late, late at night. And I was chatting with him. And then I saw an email come in and I just happened to check it. And then I was like, oh, so I had to look and see what it was.
0: And, and then I got, uh, are you still and awake? Then like, are you awake?
2: Are you awake? <laughs> we got another gold. Yeah. Yeah. And I got back. Ah!
1: <laughs> I know, was, ah! Like, I don't know how many H's, but many. <laughs> yeah, a lot.
0: See, I, I my theory would be they send you them at these really unsociable times because they know it's can have a real impact upon you when you see them. What? <laughs> they don't want you to sleep, they don't want you to just like roll over and go, oh that's okay.
2: I, I'm hoping <laughs> that it's because they're the international review of books that it's just a it's just a, a
0: time difference situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So but, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah. But I'm sticking with my idea. They want to have the most, biggest, the most emotional impact they can have upon the people when you, they're telling them. You
2: <laughs> could well be right. You could well be right.
0: Yes, so, what? Yes. So, you've obviously won this award. Congratulations. And Thanks. for the future, what are the future plans for your work? What's going to clinch you the next award?
2: Oh, well, Agent hopefully Ch- Sherwood Rising. My goodness.
1: Well, we still have to get Agent of Change in. So. Yeah. Agent of Change. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully Sherwood Rising. I eventually want to submit my book, The Twisted Path, and see how that one goes. Right, in fairness, I wrote that by myself but Jen actually did take a final look at it and, and make me it's like, gonna, me-
2: It's going to come out with it. There's no question you're going to win something. Thank you. No question. <laughs> it's a That's my big book. baby.
1: Thank you. That's my big baby. And it was so cool because I actually got to meet the actor who I had mentally cast as the leading guy. I got to meet him. I got to have, like, drinks with him. So that was awesome.
0: (laughs) Was it Ben Barnes?
1: Surprisingly, no, although he's frequently cast. Uh, It was Toby Regbo. So because he fit the character perfectly. So I kind of just ended up basing it. Around that appearance, and I knew who he, who the character was going to be. And
2: it's not always yeah. Ben Barnes. It's
1: not always Ben Barnes. Frequently Ben Barnes, but frequently so. Ben <laughs> Barnes. Ben Barnes is often cast because he's Ben.
0: <laughs> now, interestingly, we, we're looking at the future. What you, you know, you you're wanting to move into? If you were going to completely change into a totally different genre of writing, what would it be?
1: And I'm facing that now with uh, working with a production company doing audio dramas. So I'm given like, uh, they will pitch concepts to me and I can sort of pick if I'm interested or not. And, um, I think the next one I'm going to do is a more of a sci-fi type of a thing. And, uh, the team at Adventurous Ideas really liked the idea. I actually got to pitch it to them. So I think at some point that will be the story I, move into and it has sort of a matrix meets minority report meets west world sort of a feel and i'm a little nervous about it but i like um pushing myself i mean the, the fay touch chronicles was pushing myself because it was outside my usual sandbox like mm-hmm. i went from high fantasy to writing victorian era romance and you like we had to pay attention to the history and everything i couldn't just make up the rules didn't like the not being able to make up the rules, but then you let me have my way an agent of change. So I made up all the rules.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, all right, all that, let's throw it all out the window. Um, (laughs) I already write, uh, also contemporary, uh, fiction, contemporary paranormal. Yep. I, I straddle genres already. Uh, Mm -hmm. if I were going to write another one, I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, One of these days I'll drag you into high fantasy. It's going to (laughs) happen. All right. All right. All right. Well, so yeah, I write contemporary fantasy. I write Regency. um, And then there was the Victorian. So I don't know.
1: Very good at the period romances. I do enjoy the period romances. I enjoy
2: the contemporary ones as well. It's just really easy to get dated real quick in Mm -hmm. in contemporary Mm -hmm. stories, you know, I don't
1: know. I don't usually read contemporary stories. I've read yours because I I love you, but uh, because I love you and everything, but I do. It's your period work that I just think is so good. You just have this knack for creating really good interesting period characters like you're really good at it
0: <laughs>
1: thank you you're welcome you. see we're nice to each other <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in front, of other, be- yeah. in front well, of other people yeah well that's the thing yeah you, you, i'm sure you're scrapping like cat and dog when uh when i'm not around so <laughs> that's right so you mentioned i yeah, you mentioned Kristen that you've obviously got uh, some some audio work. If you need a smooth English voiceover, just saying I am here, I'm available. Uh, Jen, I'm going to ask the question because you mentioned paranormal stuff. And um, just mm-hmm. before I say it, Gemma, I'm not going to tell my ghost story because I know you get very angry with me and threaten to remove me from the podcast if I ever <laughs> say it again. Uh, Jen, have you ever seen a ghost? Have you had a paranormal experience ever? Yes. Please tell.
2: Um, okay oh because I
0: can't tell mine because Gemma will kill me
2: <laughs> all right well we don't want Gemma to kill you nah. because that would mean that Gemma would have to go away for a while and we don't want that. <laughs> so um uh, my mother passed away on the day after my son's first birthday mm-hmm. and uh, the the night of after his second birthday um so the apartment that we were living in the uh, uh The master bedroom and my son's bedroom were uh, adjoining. There was an adjoining door. And he came in and woke me up and said there was a green lady sitting on the end of his bed. Um, And I went in, and sure enough, there was a kind of an odd green glow that then casually. Wafted out of the room. And I thought initially, I thought maybe it had just been like the reflection of headlights on the wall, but it wasn't on the wall. I don't know. Anyway, I was very sort of like, well, that was weird. And I put him back to bed. And then the next morning, he got up and he was just two. So he wasn't super articulate like he is now. Um, But he pointed at a picture of my mother and said, Green lady, mama, green lady. Wow. You've never and told like, me that story. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, he doesn't remember it, uh, but I sure do.
1: Yeah, there have been a few spooky stories. Um, when I was growing up, there was a piano in my house. And at one point at night, and it happened to be in my bedroom at the time. Um, and at one point I heard notes like keys playing. Let me tell you, when you're a kid and the piano just plays, it's very, very scary.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I think it's an adult that would be pretty damn scary.
1: (laughs) And uh, there was another time after my husband died where, I mean, it was within the week between when he had passed and and when we actually had the funeral. So um, I had taken his cologne to the funeral parlor to kind of get rid of the chemical smell because it really upset me. And the cologne was there. I was back at my house later with his sister and I think one of my sisters. And all of a sudden, I went in the kitchen and I smelled his cologne strongly. Like no question about it, it was his cologne. And so I I sort of froze and I went, "Hey, come here!" And I like gestured to my sister and I said, "Do you smell that?" And she's like, "Oh my god, yeah." And I said, "That's Dustin's cologne." Wow. And she goes well did you did you spray it and i said no it's not even in this house wow So, yeah so those are mine
0: where can we find your uh information about your books and any promotions you've got for future things events you're going to and publications please
1: all right. uh well you can go to the boundless fantasy website which is my website so you can find all of my books and the books that i wrote with jen and i actually do have a page that highlights some of your books jen but i i don't think i've got the latest one up and at some point uh, i'm welfare. just gonna have to stop because you keep writing and no that's fair
2: <laughs> that's completely fair um yeah, I, you can find my books on uh, Amazon under Jennifer Sanders, but not the one with the hot doctor. No, look for this face. Yeah.
0: Maybe you need to start. <laughs> come, maybe you do need to do a competing like hot uh, nurse line of books.
2: Hot <laughs> <laughs> repairman, I've come to repair your pool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then, of course, you know, like social media, Facebook, um, I'm grudgingly on Twitter and TikTok, but I kind of ignore them entirely. And I spend a little bit of time on Instagram, but I'm very uh, picky about what I put up there. But Facebook and Instagram are the ones to um, contact me uh, the easiest. We also have a con coming up, Smallville Comic Con in June. So Mm -hmm. that'll be exciting. I'm really hoping that it all works out and you can come along.
2: So Um, that's the plan. I mean, we were hoping that there would be some Philadelphia conventions that Kristen could come up and be a part of, but um, there are no conventions in Philadelphia right now. So sad day for the, for the foreseeable future. Yeah.
0: Well, I will, I will keep my fingers crossed for both of you. You are at some point able to attend the conventions together. So um, thank you. For coming onto the podcast and taking the time to, to speak to me about your work it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you both so without further ado to do i can never remember which which is the correct terminology to use some <laughs> at some point will correct me i'm sure uh just want to say thank you chris thank you jen and uh, i wish you a wonderful uh day ahead thank you very much
1: thanks thanks thank for you. having us
0: Bye-bye. Bye bye
1: bye